0: Hi everyone welcome to another episode of level up this is katie and today we are talking about your annual plan this is another session as part of the otb 100 this is the last 100 days of 2021 and we are taking you through some of the systems and strategies that will get you set up properly to hit the ground running for 2022 and this week with the annual plan it's a huge one and it does take some time to complete but I guarantee you that if you work through this exercise you will feel as though you're a lot more focused for this coming year so if you want to grab the PDF resource which we refer to in this recording you can head over to our Facebook group level up for realtors it will be in there or if you want to send us a DM at level up for realtors on Instagram we can also forward it off to you there we hope you enjoy this week's episode and as always feel free to reach out to us anytime we'd love to hear from you and we will talk to you next week take care bye
1: building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt pivot and constantly master new skills
0: we're katie and daniel steinfeld we've built our own innovative brokerage and in this podcast we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential
1: it's time to level up level up, level up level up Welcome one and all to week two of the OTB 100. That's we right. are live.
0: How's everybody doing? How did the uh, first week go? Did anybody get some revelations on their focus? I hope you guys did. Get this and as always, feel free to comment in the chat. We'd love to hear from you guys throughout the presentation.
1: And, and beyond it, anybody and who, anybody who uh, is listening to this later, we always like the interaction throughout. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into it because as we kind of preambled last week, this is probably the most important session of the whole OTB 100, unless you consider last week the most important Everything leads to something else, but this is going to be the real foundation for a lot of the other work that we're going to be doing for the balance of the year, where we talk about this week, your annual plan. And this is what it's all about. It's building your strategy um, and it's building off of last week. So if you didn't participate or you haven't seen or listened to the session last week, which was all about establishing your focus, we highly recommend that you give that a watch or a listen, Um, binge watch. Last week, Thank this you. week, um, but you're obviously welcome to stay and, uh, and participate now. But it's really important. We found last year when we started with this session, uh, it was missing a little something, something, which was the focus portion we put in last week. So for everybody, I think it's time to jump in unless you've got right. anything else you want to throw in there.
0: That's all I have. All right. So we are going to share our screen and pull this annual plan up. So this will be shared with you guys uh, in an email along with the recording uh, after this session. So at some point today, Um, but this is your plan. 2022, baby. Hard to believe.
1: Well, we're not quite there yet.
0: We're not. It is hard to believe. We're planning for it.
1: But yeah, and to everybody who's listening on the podcast right now, this is also a resource that will be available to you. Just pop a comment in the the comments and we will get a copy of this over to you as well as with every other session. Because not everybody likes to watch us, which we understand. It's understandable. <laughs> I don't like to watch me either. Uh,
0: all right. Um, so we're just going to admit a couple of people. All right. Here we go. Um, so, first and foremost, uh, this is kind of an addition to what we talked about last week, which with the focus thing, uh, but just creating a life list for yourself. Uh, we've found and our agents have found that the more they can connect. Um, their goals, and and what they want to accomplish over the next year to a a bigger purpose, Um, it really allows them to visualize things and and really stick to their goals. So this is your first step. Um, So basically, um, this next slide here, if we can go to it, there we go, um, breaks everything down. What are the things in your life? What do you want to do? Uh, what do you want to have? So do you want to have a successful career? Do you want to have like, I mean, you the sky's the limits for what you want to have. Well, it's, yeah,
1: it's a life list. So this, yeah. isn't a, this isn't a 2022 list necessarily. No,
0: this is like big goals, 10, 20 years down the line. What do you want to have? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be? Uh, doesn't necess- and again, it's again because it's a life list. It doesn't have to directly reflect back to your real estate career. You want to be an awesome parent. You want to be an awesome grandparent. Um, something along those lines. What do you want to give? Uh, a lot of us have big goals to give back to our communities, to give back to certain organizations. Um, And that's something that I find really drives me knowing that if I can make enough money and be successful, that I can give back in in other ways. So this is really important again, just to come back to your purpose.
1: Yeah. And this will build off of your focus from last week. So once you've got that, this is laying the framework for you and we're going to, um, This isn't a lot of slides or pages in this particular plan. And and we've built again off of what this looked like last year. If you went through this practice last year, hopefully it was helpful. Um, But the idea with everything that we talk about, whether it's in our podcast, whether it's in the Level Up program and throughout this OTB 100, is about taking big ideas and breaking them down into smaller pieces so that you can really put things together in a way true that you know. makes you true understand true. you are making progress even though you don't get from a to z in your in your first day because that's just not how it works when you're focused on a to b or even 1 to 1 a it makes life a lot easier so this is getting really technical and this is a bit of a template to lay out what you want next year to look like so we've touched on your focus who you are who you're speaking to um, in the stuff that Katie just talked about, we're talking about, or you've established the kind of person you want to be, the kind of things you want to be doing. Let's talk about dollars and cents right now. This is our first dive into the actual money. Mm-hmm. And as much as in this industry, I, I would, I want to believe all of us have a greater purpose than just making money. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, what we do is impacting people's lives and there is all of that, but we're talking money right now. So... Let's go through this line by line. Uh, And the idea is to take the big number and to break it down. But we're going to get to the big number uh, by starting with smaller numbers first. So the first thing you want to do is say, okay, what is this trading area or this target market that you've been dealing with in, in last week's focus exercise? The people that you're dealing with and the types of deals that you're looking for, what's the average sale price? So at the moment, we're not talking about leases necessarily, unless you're, ex- unless you're entirely focused on leases. Let's say the average sale price in your trading area or with your target audience is a million dollars, just to make things
0: simple.
1: Simple, And because if you're anywhere near the GTA, that is probably in and around the number that it's the average true. sale price yeah. is. Um, the average listing commission. So if you were to sell a home and act as the listing agent, what is the average listing commission that's predominantly offered? And or what is it that your approach is going to be the standard uh maybe two and a half percent for you it might be two percent depending on what your model is it's it's up to you but this is laying the groundwork for what it is that's going to be the average listing commission rate the average co-op commission so what's the average for that same type of purchase that you might be looking at at purchases that you're looking at is it two and a half percent that's the norm is it two and a quarter percent is it two percent or something different um so right now you're just going to populate these things into each of those buckets. And you can see where this is leading to start to calculate some numbers that make sense. What is the average lease commission for what it is you're looking for? Let's say you're focused on leases. Um, we've got an agent on our team who's actually, uh, we've got a few agents who've focused on different types of leases. One of them is focused on higher end leases that um, are, you know, maybe four or five grand a month. So more like full home leases. And for, for her, the average lease commission might be, It might be $1,500. Put that in there. And then the last line, which is really important, is establish what is it that your brokerage split is and your deal fees. Might be different for leases and from sales. It might be relative Relative. to a team that you're a part of. Um, It is what it is. So if it's a 90-10 split, if it's no split, but $500 a transaction, populate that there because this is all part of calculating what it is that you're going to be able to take out of each deal on a deal by deal basis mm-hmm. okay so take that that chunk of transactional detail put it to the side um this is like when i when i do recipes now and like you make the thing and they're like just leave it mm-hmm. and now let's start on the chicken Let it simmer. okay so now we've got our bowl of, of rice that's cooling over there mm-hmm. And now we're going to talk about your profit goal for 2022. I did it again. Why do you do do that? I I think
0: Daniel's the only one that says it like that, but maybe not.
1: The profit goal for 22. It's fancy. It's also kind of like, is it wrong English to say 2022? Does anybody say that?
0: I think they do. people
1: say the year 2000.
0: Yeah. I think, I think 2022 is a thing I, I don't know. I just don't say it like that. Yeah,
1: neither do I, <laughs> no, except just, when I do these presentations. Like
0: these presentations. It Maybe it's out. when I
1: read it. Maybe that's just how it reads. To Maybe me. 2022. Yeah. Anyway, so your profit goal. Um, this is where you start to piece together the stuff that you've been thinking about for yourself, what you want to be to some degree. But really, this is about how much money is it you want to make this year? When the year's over, don't worry about I mean, if you're thinking taxes, whatever, this is what it means to you profit but this is the take-home money pre-tax or post-tax that you want to make in your year period
0: yeah and the importance of doing profit versus gci right which is something that if you are trying to run a really sound financially sound business we've got to be looking at profit we can't be looking at gci because you know that there's so much going out um, from your profit depending on your listing or your your just your business model, So it's really important to look at that number.
1: Correct, yeah. And so for anybody who's brand new or hasn't started in the industry yet or isn't familiar with GCI, that's gross commission income, that's the amount that you might be, that's your 2.5% times the price. Yeah. Which is a great number. On a million dollars, that's $25,000 plus HST. However, when you start to factor in things like your brokerage split, your deal fees, the money you're investing in it, that isn't the same number. So how much do you want after you've paid all the pipers for uh, whatever you were able, whatever you had to incur to make the money on a particular deal Mm -hmm. and total that for the whole year. So is it $50,000? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it 200,000? Is it a million? Yeah. That's up to you. And then the next piece there is what really should start to give you some some motivation that hopefully you don't need, but this is what motivates you. What is it that that amount of profit is going to mean for you? What's your purpose? Is this meaning that you can now take a vacation when we're allowed, if we're allowed Mm -hmm. somewhere, does it mean that you're able to support a family member who really needs some financial aid and you're their support system? Um, does it just mean that you're able to pay your rent every month and you're able to support your living expenses? Um, Tie what your profit goal is to your greater purpose, because your greater purpose is the why and it is what it is that's going to drive you to chase that profit goal at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and the end of the year, I suppose. So you've got that written down there. You've got your profit goal. You've got on a transactional basis, things broken down. Now we're going to bring that all together. So the next three sections are the same thing for different types of transactions, listings, purchases, and leases, which are Assuming, and and, I mean, if you're in commercial, if you're in land, or if you're in another type of real estate, this can work in any way, depending on how it is, your deals are broken down. But generally speaking, for a listing, how much is the average commission that you expect to make, which is taking the average sale price that you established, multiplied by what the average listing commission is that you've established? That's your average commission. So if the average commission is 2%, and the average sale is a million, your average commission per deal is $20,000. Hopefully that makes sense. Your average spend, this Mm -hmm. is up to you. Okay, Some of that is going to be what you're spending or what is being charged to you from your brokerage. But then, and this is going to tie into work we do next week also on establishing your finances, what is it that you're offering people with your listings? What's your expected average spend on a listing? Do you pay for staging, photography, videos, Uh, marketing materials, social media, PR, whatever it is, take all of that, average it out. And this isn't an exact science. This is still, this is budgeting in an overall plan. Mm -hmm. Figure that out. Maybe it's $5,000, whatever it is. Maybe for you, it is establishing a percent of what that overall commission is and saying, I'm going to spend 25% of what my commission is on every deal. And it's five grand or whatever. Then you take the commission minus the spend, and that is giving you your average profit for every deal you do. The same process is applied to purchases and to leases. Yeah.
0: And don't get too overwhelmed with the spend part, because on the buy side, you could argue, OK, well, I'm spending a lot on gas, mm-hmm. um, because obviously that's more your time and oh. driving around is when you're working with oh, your buyers. Yeah. So don't don't get too wrapped up in that kind of stuff. Like I would my my mm-hmm. suggestion would be to not worry about that. Just look at maybe you're doing closing gifts um, for your buyers or or other things that you might be spending along the way. Um, and then uh, usually your profit is going to be higher for purchases, than they are for sales.
1: Maybe you have a really expensive therapist you have to pay because <laughs> yeah, buying is so difficult now and true. you just attribute that to purchases. That yeah. for each deal you do, hmm. you're paying for <coughs> a few sessions of Therapy. mental health. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're going to figure all that out. And it says in the super fine print there, it includes brokerage fees and splits, marketing costs, gifts, et cetera. You define that, but try to make it the stuff that is relevant on a deal by deal basis, because there are going to be costs of your business that don't apply to transactions. Um, And then it comes together on the volume side. So you now know dollar by dollar, transaction by transaction, what you expect to make, depending on the type. Mm -hmm. Now, how many annual transactions do you expect to make over the course of the year? And you can see how you can tie it all together. So if your profit goal for the year is $100,000 and you've established that on a listing, you make $15,000, on a purchase, you make $20,000, and on a lease, you make $1,500, you should be able to do some back of the napkin math to determine what kind of a split of transactions makes sense for me with those sorts of numbers that will lead me to my profit goal. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not locking you in with either a floor or a ceiling on any type of transaction. So it doesn't mean, hey, it says I only need to do two listings, two purchases, and 10 leases. So once I do two listings, I'm done and I'm focusing on purchases. But the idea here is to put into perspective what is really needed and what, is really, uh, what you should expect and plan for of yourself in order to be successful and reach the goal that you've set for yourself.
0: Yeah. And if you're a newer agent starting out, you'll typically weigh heavier on the purchase side, working with buyers as opposed to the listings. Um, But if you've been in the business for a while, you could probably gauge based on your past history of, of of activity, what you typically do listing versus purchase.
1: Right. This is, this is going to paint a picture for you. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. It's just, it's giving you an idea. It's not giving you your plan, right? It's just saying, okay. And, And for, in a lot of cases for people, You'll be able to look at this and say, Oh, like it's only like, yeah. I, I don't even have to do a deal a month. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know a lot of people who are, are new are ready to go and are frustrated as hell two weeks in when they still don't have a deal done or still don't have a, a, a hot client. But when you've got a plan that lays things out, which is what this is turning into. And you understand that to reach your goal you only need X number of transactions. Often that number is a smaller number than what you might have expected for yourself. If you've been in this a long time, on the other hand, um, you should have a good idea right now of what this looks like in the number of transactions, and it won't be shocking necessarily. Yeah. Um, but this is there to create a little bit of accountability and an understanding of what's required. And hopefully it works in a positive way to show you, you really don't need as much as you might've thought to be successful, um, but also gives you some, some grounding in the types of things you need to do.
0: Yeah. Feel free to jump in with any questions. I know that was a big, <laughs> big, uh, mouthful on just for one page, but this is like the the most of your work that you're going to be doing in this annual plan. And it's really important to do just to be even able to look at it and lay it out and see the numbers on, on paper is really helpful. Right.
1: And and this isn't the plan. So I, and that might sound weird. I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. This isn't your commitment, but this is the framework that you need to be going by as you plan. And as you continue to go forward.
0: Right. Okay. So we're going to look back again at this past year, and you guys are going to figure out what worked well, what didn't work well, and based on what worked well, um, what actually furthered your business and allowed you to um, hit the goals that you wanted for yourself. So, things that worked well, you know, basically like you know, setting up your business, putting in place systems. If you guys had a chance to do that. Um, planning things out, setting specific goals. Like there's all sorts of different ideas, but there's obviously going to be at least a few things. Some people might say this whole year was a wash, but look, looking back, I find when you do look back at what you've managed to accomplish for the year, it's actually pretty impressive. So make sure that you, Identify those things, because that's really important. And tying that to what actually helped you further your business is also really important. You might think something worked really well, but it may not have had that connection of improving your business. And and those are the activities that we really want to identify. And for anybody, there's always going to be things that didn't work well. For me, I know that I've spent a lot of time doing stupid stuff on social media that was a big waste of my time, that never got me any business that just frustrated the heck out of me, like reels, TikToks, like they're fun to do. And as an activity outside of the business, it's fun. But um, the amount of time that I've wasted on, on that kind of stuff is something that did not work well for me, just as an example.
1: And make sure you populate these, right? This is, it's really easy to put one thing that worked well, one thing that didn't work well, like really take the time and list out, make sure you're answering all the questions here. Don't be self-deprecating and say, well, nothing worked well. So I'm only going to fill out the second question or on the other side of things, don't say everything was awesome. And honestly, everything I tried turned to gold because it's not the truth for anybody. There's always stuff that we know we want to do better at. Mm -hmm. And there's always stuff that when we really think about it, This isn't just about making money. It's about the stuff that has just furthered your business and the stuff that's even furthered. Like that last question there is about the stuff that furthered your business. There might be things that went really well that didn't further your experience or further your business. Um,
0: Sorry, I was reading the comment Uh, that
1: didn't further your business. Thank you. But that were really good for you so maybe you were able to take this last year and really build your relationship with your kids or with your family and maybe that didn't on the surface further your business but that worked well this year because you built scheduling that makes sense for you to be able to improve that side that's important to put in here
0: yeah if you guys want to jump in and comment as to what worked well for you or what didn't work well let us know um if you don't feel like sharing then totally understand But um, it's always helpful just to hear different people's perspectives. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. Now that you've reflected. Now that you've (laughs) reflected. And
1: never stop reflecting. Keep (laughs) reflecting. But we do need to start working forward as well. And so now is when we start to get to the absolute brain dump of everything that you've been thinking that you can think about now that in any way could impact in a positive way your business going forward in the year ahead. This is for us, it's the stuff when you're in the shower and something pops to you saying, wouldn't it be cool if this is Mm. when you're driving and you think, Oh man, that's an idea. I wish I could do that. This is when you see something somebody else did and you think I could do that. Um, I mean, the list goes on, but it's every type of process, activity, tactic, or otherwise that you think you might want to try, this isn't your plan yet. So this is where you throw it all out there and you say, okay, brain dump. We're calling it a mind map here. Everything I might want to do, I'm going to write it down on this piece of paper. And if you want to write it down on the back of the piece of paper, if you want to have eight pieces of paper, the more ideas, the better. This is your opportunity to get it all out there. I think I said that a thousand different ways and I wanted to so that it would hit home.
0: Yeah. And the, and the thing is, with this, I because if you're like me, um, and you're like a big ideas person, I'll listen to a podcast, Daniel could attest to this. And I'll be like, Oh, my God, we need to do this. And it's not something that ties back to the goals that we've set out for ourselves for the year or for the next three months or whatever it is. But it really helps me to write things down when I have an idea so at least I know that it's put somewhere and I can go back to it because if I don't write it down it's really always floating around in my head and like every every once in a while I'll be like oh yeah I remember that idea that would have been really cool Mm -hmm. and it distracts me so having a place to write it down and I'd recommend either if you have your mind map just with you throughout the year or if you want to like have more of a like a like a electronic way of keeping track of it, just so that it's easier to carry around. But I find that that is really helpful. So I would recommend that for you guys.
1: Yeah. And and this is a wider version of like, this isn't a vision board. Like for people, but it's an it's an idea similar to that, right? So this yeah. isn't all stuff you're going to do. So just remember that by writing it down,
0: yeah, it hasn't
1: become part of your plan.
0: Yeah, like you could say dress like a clown and go out on the on the on the next the street next door and put up a big sign that says "Sell your house with me." Like if that was an idea circling in your head, write it down. There's an idea. <laughs> doesn't mean you have to act on it but just putting it down will allow you to just have a clearer head
1: if anybody does do that this year send a picture to us be, and you make let good us for know social it
0: media it might I, go viral like that uh,
1: honestly like all of us are in our own areas with our own plans and so we always talk about how important it is to share so i mean bev you've mentioned here uh meeting new people every day human one-on- one-on-one contact absolutely
0: is it, o- is it okay to call you bev
1: I hope so. Oh yeah, did I just jump the gun? Her
0: name's Beverly. I, I'm I'm trying to be casual. <laughs> we're all friends here. Hopefully, it's okay. Okay, well, we'll find out if she
1: goes if she goes if dark. She... Okay, good.
0: Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> okay, so you can see here, there's an example we've put here, and this is an example deliberately that's not a, a real estate agent because we don't we're not feeding answers. Although there's a lot of stuff here that could be similar. So a real estate lawyer, for example, who wants to grow her business. Here's just a very short list of some stuff that could go down there, networking, hiring an assistant, gaining a social media following, establishing myself as an expert in the field. The list goes on and take note of the fact that these are not all in the same bucket of ideas. These aren't all marketing tactics. These Mm -hmm. aren't all administrative functions. It's really everything. Okay, so... We, I mean, we can talk about things that we've put on here in the past, things that we've tried. Like maybe it's running um, campaigns in the neighborhood, dropping things off on people's doorsteps. Maybe it's running social media campaigns um, built to get people to come to events. Maybe it is running events. Maybe it's renting an ice cream truck, mm-hmm. um, running a seminar. Uh, Getting a CRM. CRM, starting a YouTube channel. Maybe TikTok is something you want to look at. Yeah. So This is also an opportunity to not just come up with vague headings, but really dive in to instead of saying, and I know we put gain a social media following here as an example, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's grow my Twitter base, right? Maybe it's something like that, Uh, or maybe it's establish a a brand on TikTok or whatever. Put it all down here because now we're going to head to the next step.
0: Ah, your roadmap. Your roadmap. So from your mind map or your brain dump, you're going to identify the three that stand out to you the most and basically how to determine the three that make the most sense for you. I think it's a combination of the three that you're most drawn to, but also the ones that are going to come bring you business that are going to really grow your career. Because you could say, I'd love to uh, stop, get a better following on TikTok, but Is it really going to help you with your business? It might be a personal goal. And if it's something you want to do, that's great, but I would recommend that it's really focused on growing your business um, and making sure that that is what the focus is. So, yeah. And
1: and you, you hit it on the head there with focus, because this is why we've added last week's session in as well Mm -hmm. is you've now established for yourself what it is you're focused on this year. Right? So, your business is going to grow on the heels of what you want your business to look like, mm-hmm. which hopefully you've been able to establish with the, pro- with the process last week and the beginning of this process here. Right. With that clarity, now, if, if in the past maybe you could say, you know what, 10 of these things will help grow my business and maybe I can pick the five that are more important than the others, I guarantee you the more clarity you've got on where your focus is going to be yeah. the easier it'll be to establish which of these things are tied to that the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, one example, and John, I hope it's okay that I use this example because you did chime in last week and talking about your audience are people that are moving from Toronto into the, I think it's St. Catherine's Grimsby area. Um, I'm trying to think of like, he was very specific with, with his audience. Mm-hmm. So if, if, it, if it ties back to, okay, if people are moving from Toronto to my area, What if I create a neighborhood guide for people and use that and put it out on my website, use it as a social media ad to bring more awareness to the neighborhood and to connect with more buyers that are looking to make a move? Like that could be one of your ideas or your milestones. So again, making sure it ties back, as Daniel said, to your audience and to how you're going to go about getting business based on whether you're a networker, a marketer, a prospector or a converter. It's got to all tie together. Right.
1: And these are milestones, okay? These are the three big goals that when you get to December next year, you wanna be able to look back and say, I did these three things. Mm-hmm. And doing three things in a year is a lot easier uh, when you're able to you know, go at them 100% with a plan than having 10 things that all seem like good ideas, right? It's a lot easier to do the three than to do 10 at 50% because you won't feel good about it. And because these are tied to what you're trying to do, it's even more effective to be able to do that, if that makes sense. I feel like I'm talking in tongue twisters, today. (laughs)
0: That's
1: okay. So you've got these three. And one more thing. There's, I mean, there's an image here that shows kind of a start and a finish line and the three different guideposts or miles of the way or whatever you want to call it. You don't need to plan to do these simultaneously, concurrently. You may, but... The idea is these are the three things that you're going to be focused on achieving over the course of the year, and they're deliberately built to further your business. So it might be do one and then do two and then do three or not. There's not a science to that part of things.
0: It it depends on what it is. But I find that if you focus on one, put in place the system that you're basically operating on you know, uh, automatic pretty much like once you get to that point, then, and you look at the next milestone. And we were talking to an agent yesterday who, at who has a full-time job. So it's really hard for them to be able to focus on more than one thing. And then they end up focusing on too many things and they don't get anything done. Mm-hmm. So it's, let's start small. Let's start with the one milestone, establish that, and then move on to the next, right? It's a lot easier that way.
1: And it's even more important because each milestone gets broken down even further. So
0: there's more. Yeah. So let's
1: get into the whole big ideas, turn into smaller, uh, smaller functions for you. Yeah. That is how you're going to get things done. So let's say that first milestone, Katie gave a great example. Let's say it is creating a neighborhood guide or creating a neighborhood approach for people who are coming into your neighborhood. How do you get that done? You don't just sit down and say, all right, I'm building a guide.
0: There's a 50 page guide. Right. Hammered out in a week.
1: Right. Good luck. The, the, good luck to you. Good. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> so the more you're able to break that down and it doesn't even need to be, I mean, we've got here breaking it into three points and those three points could be broken down into three points and yeah. onward and onward, but maybe you want to establish the before, during and after of what that actual tactic looks like. Maybe some of it is in the, doing the research in collecting content, in talking to local businesses, in establishing market stats, whatever. Two might be the actual production of it. How are you going to do it? What are you going to use? Is it going to be online? Is it going to be a print guide? Is it going to be both? Um, you know, Maybe you talk in here about what your distribution strategy is going to be for getting this to people, your mm-hmm. marketing strategy of how are you going to get it to people and where are you going to go? Your follow-up strategy, so once you've got the neighborhood guide, you've got it in people's hands, what do you do with it after that? What's Mm -hmm. the call to action and how are you turning it into business? Mm -hmm. You can take any idea and cut it into so many different parts that the idea is not to overwhelm you, it's to give you clarity on how you're going to get it done and make you feel you're accomplishing what you're trying to do as you're doing it, not just when you're finished.
0: Exactly. Yes. So Salima asked, uh, what if you focused on two things for this year and you do and you do see positive feedback, but no business yet? Would that be part of the three points? Um, I mean, it depends on what it is. I'd say if you've been consistent at it and because I think a lot of times we we don't see results right away and it's not like you're doing anything wrong. But I, I think you have to evaluate. Is it an idea that maybe? You should replace with something else, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's it it depends on the idea, and we're happy to connect with you afterwards, Salima, if you want to like walk us through what it what it was the last the last year, and it, maybe we can help give you some guidance on whether to continue on with that. But that's a great question because I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, trying something out, and it just doesn't seem to be hitting home at all, which well, can be frustrating. It,
1: it's interesting. I mean, you're saying you're getting positive feedback, yeah. right? So I think I would look at the positive feedback you're getting and establish where the disconnect is between that and the business you're looking to get. Maybe the actual tactic itself isn't a business driving process in terms of revenue as much as it is a brand and reputation building. Yeah, process, which is a success for you. Um, But you need to establish what the goal was that drove you to follow these particular things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great that you're getting positive feedback, though. Sometimes if you're doing something, and you're getting negative feedback, or and we talk about this, too, we can talk about that now, like, let's say one of these milestones, it's March, you've been working on it since January, and everything about it just doesn't feel right anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't, recommend you pivot throughout your annual plan, because that really defeats the purpose of a strategy in an annual plan. However, not everything you set out to do yourself is going to hit home or be what you thought it was. So after you've consistently applied yourself to the plan, um, if it still doesn't feel right, it's not achieving what you set out to achieve, it is okay to put it aside and move to the next milestone or to reevaluate what your plan has been. That said, that's a big reason why we've established this focus element before you do this. Because if you've gone through all of the steps before laying out your process and your milestones to determine what it is that's most important to you and why you're doing it, there's a much lower likelihood that these things you set out for yourself will not achieve the goals that you've set out for yourself that's all I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> okay. So, I mean, this is kind of, oh, actually I think it's your turn. We try to go back and forth on slides. I have lost count. Is it um, your turn or my turn? No, we can all just no, keep, keep talking. <laughs> it's all you. Um, so that's basically the end to the annual planning part is breaking down your goals into little sizable chunks, as we like to say. Um, so they you feel as though you're to. accomplished. Um, but the next, few slides are about checking in quarterly with your progress. And this is just as important as the goal itself, because you could put in place objectives and goals for yourself. And if you wait to the end of the year to evaluate your progress, I mean, there's no point in evaluating your progress because you've gone through an entire year without even figuring out if you're you're close to your goals or anything. So this quarterly check-in is really important. And I would either recommend Finding somebody like an accountability partner that you could connect with every quarter to check in with, like with its with our own agents, like we'll do it with them specifically. So if you want to join us, just let us know. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, you know, there's or you could just do it with yourself. There's nothing wrong with you sitting down and like identifying like how you're doing, what it is that you're feeling, if you need to make any adjustments to your plan. Um, there's, but there's a lot of us out there that are always willing to help. So don't feel like having an accountability partner, I think is really helpful. It's
1: it's really important because we are all our biggest fans and critics, and we can also get very skewed by the experiences and yeah. things that have happened as one-offs that really impact us on a personal level and maybe can take our judgment in a different direction. And yes. to tie that to j- just, totally going off topic, but tying it to an example of people we work with and clients we work with. I sat yesterday with a potential new client who a lot of us have talked to people who want to sell their homes, who are in love with their homes, Mm. right? And as much as we are professionals and it is our job to give the advice that our potential clients and clients deserve, sometimes people cannot be reasoned with because they have fallen in love with or hate their own situation so much and are so invested in it, the blinders are completely on. This is the same situation sometimes when you look at your own business. If you've gone through challenging situations or really fortunate situations, you might have a skewed view of reality that at least deserves a second opinion. So when you're doing a quarterly check-in or a semi-annual or an end-of-year check-in, Um, or at any time. It's really important you've got somebody else with uh, an objective view to be able to tell you what they think and take their compliments, criticism or otherwise for what it is. Uh It's not there to do anything but give you opinion that's useful. And whether or not you agree with it, the things you're doing are out there. And it's what other people are seeing and reacting to. So if this is what someone talking to you is seeing and reacting to, Might not be everybody, but it's definitely the view of somebody, which is important to you, um, because right now all you've got is your own view,
0: Mm -hmm. and so absolutely. Um, So, Bev, Bev, now I get to call you Bev. Having a work partner is amazing. I have a young work partner, and Mm -hmm. I'm the older partner. Works so well in all situations. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like just having that objective, um, or just like somebody else's perspective can be really helpful, especially if you're, if you're different, if, if you have different skills or, you know, as you said, like different age ages, that is really helpful as well. Um, Cause I know for us, we've got different strengths. So to be able to bounce ideas off each other and, and just give each other a different perspective can be really helpful or annoying sometimes.
1: Well, but it's, <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's necessary. Like yeah. you've got to, you've got to stay grounded, stay eager, all those things. But when it's just you, this, this, we talk about all the time, this industry can feel very lonely. Doesn't matter that there's 80,000 agents in our immediate area right now. A lot of people feel like it's them versus everybody, or it's them on an island. It's really not when you surround yourself with the right people. Sometimes all it takes is one person, right? Sometimes it's not even someone in the industry, family members, spouses, friends, people you trust, get the feedback from them. Um, but when you're doing your own, like this is an evaluation of what you've been doing so far. And you do know that better than anybody else. When we talk about it with our agents, we don't fill this in and go through it with them like a report card, right? We just help establish, okay, how do you rate your first quarter and do we agree? And what did we see? Mm -hmm. And then from that, you move forward with ideas, with maybe some tweaks, maybe some enhancements to the stuff that's working really well. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the point because you don't want to be rolling with three milestones for a year only to end up in December and say, wow, that was shit. Mm -hmm. Like, why did I listen to those two yahoos on on the OTV 100 and just do three milestones? Like what now? (laughs) But if you're constantly checking in with yourself, you will, like these are all the different elements of this plan that make sure that it works. So as an annual plan, this is the piece that starts to establish those tangible tactics you're going to put forward. And so for you, I don't know if we're moving forward to more quarters here that are on here.
0: Yeah, that's all. That's pretty much it. Yeah.
1: So for you, your goal for the next week, if you haven't gone through the focus session, watch that first, really establish who you are and who you're going after, and then build into this element of the plan, which is what am I going to do about it? What does that look like in dollars and cents as my goal? And how am I going to achieve that with the things that are most important to get to that end game that I want to get to? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: These are the first two weeks out of, I believe 13. Okay. There's lots more stuff that is going to flow after this. That is going to, well, there we go. There's lots more stuff that's going to kind of get more tactical, get more into the nitty gritty of budgeting that gets into the actual collateral. You're going to do leads marketing, Dealing with buyers, dealing with sellers, all that stuff is coming. But if you don't have the clear direction, all that other stuff applies to your plan, regardless of what your plan is. But you need the plan to make sense of the other stuff. You can't jump right into, but I want to go on a buyer visit tomorrow, right? Because you don't know what you're doing with them in, in the context of your plan. Like if you know what I'm saying? No. Okay. So especially if you're a new agent, if you're someone who's just gotten your license and you want to be going tomorrow and meeting with buyers and getting deals done, that's great. But it's so much more effective when you've got it in the greater umbrella of what's my plan. What's my approach. How do I do this? And what do I do surrounding that process? Mm -hmm. Right. Got it. All right.
0: All right. Anybody have any questions? Okay. comments concerns hopefully no
1: concerns feedback anything personal revelations
0: we'll, we'll hang out for a couple more minutes um so next week is i don't know next
1: week is actually so that this is this is that 1A, Oh,
0: right, right 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 yes 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 yeah
1: so one a one b this is what just happened oh no next week's the finances that's true next week is finances oh, yeah. that's right then after next week we I don't even know what's happened.
0: We've written it down though. So it's there. <laughs>
1: so we will be giving you a tool next week and we're not <clears throat> releasing it before then because you've got to focus on your plan. Okay. Um, but next week we will be talking about the real dollars and cents of what this looks like. So we're going to take a lot of that back of the napkin stuff that we did this week and put real numbers to it. And we're talking every element of not just your real estate business, but your life to a degree yeah. so that you're able to really establish is this plan that I laid out for myself in money yeah. actually making sense? Or did I just put together a plan that is going to leave me short for the rent nine out of the 12 months of the year? So that, right. that is it for this week. And as always, this will be available afterwards on Facebook, on I think YouTube. Our yep. podcast will be a recording of this session as well. Mm-hmm. And Bev, you're right. Every idea is creative and good. Thank you. Right on. <laughs> And All with right. that,
0: have a good weekend, everybody. Talk to you soon.